I haven't heard that hymn before. Or maybe I have and I can't remember it. That's a good one. It's good. John 3.16. Yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, good evening. Good evening. Good to see you all. And um, sorry, I was running a little late, if that's why your yeah, service has started a bit late. Hopefully I haven't pushed it too late that you're going to fall asleep. But if so, the topic of the message is entitled Spiritual Sleep Disorders. So it'll be right up your alley. So we're going to open our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm comforted to hear that the pastors are doing um, series and they're into double digits and, and yeah, they're, they're getting quite up there with their series. They're, they've been going a long time. I know my book's a lot shorter, but um, yeah, it removes some of the guilt of you know, going over some of the same things for you guys. But hopefully tonight's a blessing. Um, it is all the Word of God and we, we do need His help to understand it. So we're going to read... For the sake of context, we're going to read from verse 1 again, and we'll read up to verse 10. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Actually, we'll just leave it there. Okay, for those that were at the last message that I, I brought, uh, we were covering the first part of First Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, we've, we've really moved from uh, focusing on you know, the present day issues in the church there to looking at the future. So we looked at the rapture, a little bit about that, what the scriptures said, especially about those Christians that had died uh, before the, the Lord had returned. And we looked at without going into too much depth about uh, you know, the end days uh, and the tribulation, we looked more at a time frame and how that applies to our lives. That's what we focused more on last time. And we specifically considered that Christians will not enter the day of the Lord or the tribulation as it's also known. Actually, in that, that chapter just then that we read, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is certainly a, a comfort for us, that we're not going there. We're not going to be around. But how should we live before the rapture? How should we live before the day of the Lord? Because it will come. And, you know, it's, it's okay that we've got a ticket to heaven, but how should we live? Um, and also, how do we live in a way that glorifies God? How do we not become complacent about the future? Which, which is another big deal. I can come here, I can sit during a message and I go, wow, that's awesome, that is a gem. I mean, I can be halfway home on the drive and it's already left my, you know, left my mind. I don't know if you're the same. <laughs> it can be a brilliant message, but, but it can leave my mind pretty quick. Um, and so in our reading tonight, Paul 
actually wants to speak about a thing called spiritual sleep. <laughs> He's talking about spiritual alertness. And, and we're going to learn some things that Paul said about it. So my outline is, firstly, this is pretty basic, don't spiritually sleep, okay? And don't physically sleep now, at least not to the next, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour. Secondly, we're going to look at his command to keep spiritually awake. And then thirdly, keep spiritually sober. So there's some deep theological points right there, but they're they're good. My first point comes from verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Firstly, in this passage, we see the words, therefore, and I know the pastor announces it often, which is a good point because I found it helpful. What's the therefore? Why is it there? Why is therefore therefore? What's it there for? Is because it's pointing back to his previous statements. This is not being taken out of isolation. No, it's considering the, the statements he's already made in the first part of the chapter. He's going to base his discussion on verses, what's already been said in verses 1 to 5. And we know that's where he taught about tribulation. We taught about this time in the future where God will pour out judgment on the world, on the unbelieving world. We covered some facts about this, as I said, but as a quick recap, if you're looking at your Bible, in verse 2, he described the coming of the tribulation period, how that is going to come into existence, that it will be suddenly, as a thief, and unexpectedly in the night. In verse 3, Paul described the devastating destruction or consequences that will occur during the tribulation. And here Paul compared that tribulation period to travail or labour pains that are experienced during childbirth. So it's both frightening as a thief and painful as, as labour pains. And when we begin verse 6 with the word therefore, he is reminding us to consider all those things. In essence, he's saying, in light of what I've just said, here is some, Christian, some instruction for Christian living. So therefore, as we come to verse 6, Paul says, let us not sleep as do others. This word sleep is used in various ways throughout the Bible. Just in the, in the chapter previously, uh, it was used uh, to refer to physical death. So that was the sleep he used in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 to describe Christians who had physically died before the rapture. Obviously, it can refer to sleep, as I'm sure you're looking forward to at the end of a long week tonight. In the Bible, uh, God allowed Adam to sleep and then took the rib of Adam and and made the woman. So sleep definitely means sleep in the Bible. But in chapter 5, verse 6, the word sleep is used to describe this this spiritual state of inattention that I think we can all succumb to at times. Obviously, the spiritual sleep of the others that Paul mentions are the unbelievers. It shouldn't surprise us that they're spiritually asleep. They don't know God. They haven't read the Bible. They don't know what God says about themselves and the gap between them and God. And they definitely don't know about the future that the Bible portrays. So they are spiritually sleeping. But verse 6 also shows us that we can spiritually sleep. It says, let us not sleep as them. Let us not sleep as do others. This means it is possible for us to be spiritually alive yet remain spiritually asleep. And it made me think of you may have had this experience yourselves, but it made me think of driving. You know, we can drive, um, once you've been driving for a few years, maybe five years, you can drive and be inattentive. You can be thinking about all matter of things, having really complex thoughts, planning out 
you know, really complex uh, things. You can be doing all that, mindlessly driving, but not thinking about what you're doing. Changing the clutch, doing, you know, very, very complicated things that animals can't do. <laughs> but, um, and you're not tired, you know, you, you're, you're fully awake and you're operating this vehicle down the road. But then suddenly you arrive at your destination, it could be church, and you're like, oh, where did the last 10 minutes go? I don't even remember. Has anyone ever had that? Like, yeah, it's, it's a bit scary, right? When it happens, it's like, oh, well, I don't remember, like, going past there. and Or you may even miss a turn. I, I know I've had that. I'm like, wait a minute, I've missed the turn. I was like, I was thinking about something else. So it does happen, and it can happen spiritually. We can put ourselves on cruise control and just cruise along, but not really be thinking about what we're doing why we're doing what we're doing, and it just becomes rote. Um, so we can be genuinely saved, and we will all arrive at that heavenly destination. There's no doubt about that. God will keep us. But if we're spiritually sleeping, we're traveling through this life spiritually asleep, we can be misled, and we can very poorly reflect Christ. Just as you see someone spiritually sleeping on the road, it very poorly reflects that person. You're thinking, are they drunk, or have they not been sleeping? Same thing applies spiritually. We think, where are they at? Where's their head at? <laughs> so um, it, it's not a good reflection on Christ. We also know that sleep and inattention has significant risks when we're behind the wheel, and it does have risks, spiritual risks. But if we're honest, and I think we, we try to be, we all fall into this at times. We all become spiritually asleep. It could be for short periods or quite long but it does happen and that's why Paul wrote it he actually wrote it to the Thessalonians remember back in chapter 1 verse 10 if you want to flick back there these are not people that are un, you know unbelieving and, and you know, don't really know much about Christ coming back no they knew it first Thessalonians we'll look at verse 9 to 10 for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. These people knew the truth of the future, but Paul had to say, let us not sleep. Don't, don't fall asleep about it. So it's a risk that we, we can all fall into. My second point is to keep spiritually awake. Instead, Paul commands them to watch. Originally in the Greek, this word watch comes from another word called egyro, and it means to raise up. Now we know that a believer's spirit has already been raised again, so it's not talking about being regenerated a second time. That's not Bible. It's not truth. Neither is it talking about being raised up at the bodily resurrection. I believe it means to be raised up from the spiritual sleep he has just warned Christians that Christians can fall into. So to watch actually depends on, I guess, reviving our spiritual attention. It's, it's waking up, basically. It's wake up spiritually. If you have your Bible, you, you might even look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is another way it can be put. If ye then be risen with Christ, that's 
being spiritually born again. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Paul explains where we should focus our attention. We should be mindful of heavenly things um, as we're living out earthly things. That's the key. You can't just have your head up in heaven and you know, not move. You'll be, I don't know, a monk or something. You won't move. You've got to be thinking about what we're doing in our present day with, with heavenly ramifications. This concept is also taught in Romans 13, 11. It says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. He's not saying don't sleep physically. That's, that's, that's okay to have a sleep. <laughs> He's saying wake up spiritually. And it requires intentional action. It's requiring, it's a verb, it's waking up. We have to do it to be spiritually awakened. But the word to watch is also put in the present tense, an active voice. Okay, I know it sounds like I'm showing off that I'm starting to learn my grammar from Greek. I'm not, not at all. I'm probably going to get some things wrong. But um, it's put in the present tense, an active voice. So it carries the idea of us needing to keep ourselves awake. We can't come on Sunday or we can't even go to a Herald of Hope thing. As brilliant as they are, I love them. Don't go to one of those to get spiritually, just, you know, spiritually awakened just by that. You need to wake yourself up day by day. Start the day going, could the Lord return this day, this week? I was even thinking studying this afternoon. I'm like, just getting into it. No, actually God could come while I'm writing this message. It's, that'd be awesome. But that's how we need to think. We need to be watching. We need to keep ourselves awake, doing it ourselves. Paul urges us to wake up and then keep spiritually awake. And obviously, we need some spiritual stimulants (laughs) at times. So we need the Word of God. We need the Spirit of God. And and we need to be in prayer. Thirdly, we need to keep spiritually sober. Verse 6, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For that it sleep in the night, and that it be drunken, are drunken in the night. So his next instruction is to be sober. Instead of sleep, watch, but also be sober. This is the word napho. From the original Greek text, this word can be interpreted literally or figuratively. I believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible, but literally is also interpreting it if it's being used poetically or figuratively. It says that God has, you know, wings. He doesn't have wings. So literally, this word napho or sober means to keep sober through abstaining from wine. And I would agree that the Bible teaches us to avoid alcohol and drug intoxication. Without a doubt, we are are priests, all of us. You know, the Bible calls us priests. Um, we need to have a sound mind. And, and as many, I'm not even going to explain it because there's already been excellent messages by both pastors on, um, on where the Bible stands on alcohol and drug intoxication. And even in the next verse, in verse 7, we read that it says that they that be drunken are drunken in the night. That word, uh, the, the root of that word is meth, <laughs> where you get you know, methamphetamines and and uh, methylated spirits, I mean. So um, it's actually talking about you know, alcohol intoxication in the, in the verse number seven. And alcohol intoxication would obviously undermine any effort 
to have a sober mind, to stay spiritually or even physically alert for that matter. That's why people fall asleep at the wheel because of alcohol. Um, It's one of the reasons. But the word sober can also be used figuratively and that describes a state of mind of being cautious and on guard. Of course, this would be consistent with avoiding alcohol intoxication. If you're not drunk, you'll be more cautious and on guard to potential dangers. Simple things like you know, not tripping over you know, the pathway or, or uh, running into something. But in this passage, I see Paul's use of that word in a broader sense. I think he believes he means sobriety, being sober that is not just limited to abstinence from alcohol. This is because the passage is loaded with figurative language. He's already used the similes of as a thief in the night, as the woman in labour pains. He's used metaphors of children of light and children of the day, children of the night and children of darkness. He's talking about us, you know, not sleeping. Obviously, Paul thinks it's okay to sleep. <laughs> if you try to go to sleep for too long, you will die. So he's not, he's not talking about that. So I think... For one, viewing this more in a general sense, uh, it would still fit with the literary kind of tools that Paul uses in this book. But I also believe Paul uses sober in a general sense because of the method he presents for us to be sober. He's not just saying don't drink alcohol. He does say that in the next verse. But he, he also he gives us a method of how we had to do that. And it says in verse 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So being sober-minded is also used generally in other scriptures. And even in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. That's an interesting verse because it actually has the word sober, and vigilant is also that word watch that we see in this, this passage that we're looking at now. So sober and vigilant or watch. So there's, there's other passages which show that being sober involves uh, wearing spiritual armour and obviously not drinking, but I guess not being subject to other intoxicating influences, things that would dull our senses, dull our senses to the truth. Alcohol, basically, it dulls your sense to reality. That's, that's what it does. You, you lose touch with reality, it just dulls it. It could be a little bit or a lot. And so there can be other things in the world that will dull our sense. False doctrine, um, just even ignorance, just not reading your Bible. You can, you can, you can be not sober-minded because you don't know the truth. So in order to stay spiritually alert, Paul urges that Christians be both sober-minded and abstain from all intoxication. That would, that would distract us from Bible truth, particularly around the future of the world, around the rapture and, ar- and around the tribulation. So in this passage, I've just, just wanted to show some things that Paul described about spiritual sleep, something we're all susceptible to. And first thing is, know that it's something that happens daily, just like physical sleep. You'll need it in a couple of hours. And, and it'll just naturally happen and spiritual sleep naturally happens. It's our default mode. 
So Paul, Paul raised that point. He also said that they need to be spiritually awakened. And then they need to be spiritually sober. So to resist our spiritual sleep, we need to watch and be sober. And it involves us becoming more spiritually alert, being in the word of God, being filled with the spirit of God, and, uh, and looking for his coming, expecting it, looking for that blessed hope. So just a short thought on uh, how to wake up. <laughs> I hope we can stay awake this week as we, we have to do our, our earthly life. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that uh, we can be reminded from the scriptures and we know that some of these epistles have, have written as a reminder. I know that Peter wrote his as a reminder and, and also uh, there's places in, in this scripture here that we've read where Paul wants us to be reminded of the future and how that should affect our current days. Father God, help us to live each day and each moment as much as we can in the spirit just walking in the spirit and looking for your return. Father, we do thank you that we have that guarantee of heaven. We pray that we can, we can uh, reflect your glory and that others would be drawn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this